listening to The Cooler Ring, a podcast made for manufacturing marketers. Here are Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Welcome to The Cooler Ring, a podcast for manufacturing marketers brought to you by Cooler Partners. My name is Jeff White and joining me today is Carmen Perry. Carmen, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. Look, it's uh, we're, we're, we're kind of in the opening uh, crescendo, if you will. Of, uh, do you have opening crescendos? I don't know. <laughs> Crescendo at the end? But anyway, we're at the opening something of summer in Nova Scotia, and uh, that's bound to make me happy. Yeah, it uh, can never be bad. The weather is certainly getting nicer, and uh, you know, that's, yeah. that's definitely a positive yeah. thing. So it, this is actually a, a coast-to-coast episode. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why we uh, talked about the weather, because it is a very Canadian thing to do. <laughs> I don't think there's any alternative. And, you know, the, the nuts do roll to the edges. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, That's true. That's true. Uh, in, both in uh, the U.S. and in Canada, I, Absolutely. Would, I would suggest. Uh, yeah. I mean that in a nice way. Absolutely. Yeah. So well, look, let's, uh, let's get in. I, I'm, I'm excited for today's guest. Yeah, I think so, too. It's, a, it's an interesting category with um, interesting aspects to the relationships for selling and marketing to this, yeah. to this yeah. group. So, uh, but yeah, I don't want to be too you know you're steal thunder is that yeah no exactly i don't want to do that so <laughs> so joining us today is matt fittis matt is the founder and cmo of agility technologies welcome to the cooler ring matt hi gentlemen how are you doing today Absolutely wonderful. fantastic. Wonderful. Yeah, I, I think my radio voice should be really good because I was out at a punk rock concert last night until really late. And normally I go to bed at nine. So <laughs> so that, if you'd have just uh, maybe smoked a handful of cigarettes before getting on the show. I'm going to start doing that. Yeah. That's, a good, that's the thing the old school radio people knew, right? I mean, they knew enough to smoke, which <laughs> gave you the good radio voice. In the morning for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, that's that's probably not going to happen for me. But uh, <laughs> Matt, why don't you uh, tell us about yourself and uh, and agility and and what you guys do there? Sure. My name is Matt Fittis. Um, uh, as you did mention, I am the chief marketing officer and co-founder of Agility Technologies. Um, we currently manufacture a three hundred and sixty spherical imaging camera for uh, rescue services all around the world. It's called First Look three hundred and sixty. Uh, the brand for our rescue division of our company is First Look, and uh, we started the company around, I'd say, seven years ago um, from the ground up. We uh, basically designed the camera and the application the camera runs on um, in-house. Um, we have suppliers from all over the world, uh, but everything was done in Canada. We're based in Richmond, British Columbia, Canada. And um, we, uh, we basically introduced the camera. It was a kind of uh, game changer for uh, search. Um, and when I mean by search, uh, search specialists that are looking for um, victims in a structural collapse and other applications within um, a fire company. And uh, we're global. We're all over the world now with the camera. And uh, it's, uh, it's been a, a wild ride. I'm, uh, I, I can I can say that it's been difficult to put together a physical product and an application at the same time. It's it's, it's difficult. Um, I will I probably wouldn't do it again. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, we're uh, we're excited to where we are and the uh, obviously the future of the company. So. That's really cool, and um, I mean it's really just fascinating technology. I think. Um, yeah, a real a real game changer in the industry, eh? Yeah. It is. It basically what what happened was um, we had worked for a company previous 
to starting the to starting agility technologies and um, the, for about 15 20 years a, a product a camera that used that was used to locate victims in a structural collapse really hadn't changed they were a camera that was mechanical it went moved left and right you would turn the pole you look up and you look down and that's never changed and we thought that if we could bring kind of some of the consumer technology into the uh, into the uh, rescue realm if you will um, that uh, we could really change the way uh, search specialists and other rescue professionals would do their job and in a much faster rate. So we created a camera that has two lenses and um, those lenses take a wide field of view and uh, we can stream those images live back to the application which then stitches those two images together to create a 360 degree um, image um, on, onto the tablet. And you use your finger instead of an actual rotating camera. You use your finger on the tablet to uh, basically view the space. So it, not only is it a game changer from the technology perspective, it's a totally different way of searching a space for um, a lot of these guys and, 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 and girls who, who do this job on a day-to-day -day basis. So, And, you know, I, I, I've got to say I probably have a bit of um... – uh, PTSD from having done some marketing in this uh, general space uh, a number of years ago. It's just it's a really interesting category. Um, uh, you know, kind of fire departments, rescue professionals, etc. I find it can be a really kind of interesting nut to crack, if you will, like to kind of get in and get accepted into that culture. Because if you know, very much, if you're not on the inside of it, you're on the outside of it. Yeah, it, it is difficult. If you, I, I, there was, someone told us as founders, do what you know, and and because we had the experience prior to getting into this market, it really helped us. We had a lot of the relationships already in play. So, um, to ask the questions about what the product will become to the end user who's going to be using the product and get the feedback required before the development. Um, they were all open to doing that. And so when you bring in um, individuals who actually do the work um, and get their feedback uh, prior to making the product, it really helps. Now, you need to know those people first, so that's important. But um, the fire market is, is, um, is, a tough, sorry, is a tough nut to crack in the sense that if you haven't been in it before and you're looking to develop a service or a product for um, a particular part of the fire service, uh, you better do your homework because uh, it there is uh, a culture there that's very family orientated. Every every uh, firefighter is a brother. Um, they're close knit, and that, and and that doesn't mean you know fire department to fire department in your local uh, city, town, county, province. I mean it's worldwide. They're very much a brotherhood. So. It is, uh, you, you really have to be able to get into the market first, um, make those relationships, and then, um, and then you can work with those relationships to develop your product. I've got to think that the cuts both ways because, of course, uh, that uh, interconnectedness that you refer to, of course, can uh, can really accelerate kind of word of mouth mm. uh, for, for, a, for a new product. Have you experienced that as you brought this to market? Word of mouth is probably the biggest um, marketing um, 
move uh, of this particular product. How how we were able to get the product into the market and then individuals talking to each other. And like I said, because it's a close-knit community, um, they will they do talk to each other. Um, and so, and, and let me just kind of step back. So the fire service um, is basically siloed. Um, so as a firefighter, I enter into a fire department and I become a guy who can fight fires. And then I might have a specialty in the, in, in the fire company, which means that I might um, be, you know, be a specialist in hazmat or I might be a specialist in high angle rescue or confined space rescue or structural collapse or heavy uh, vehicle extrication. So not only do I fight fires and know that part of, of the, uh, the job, there are several other little silos within the fire company that I can become an expert in or assist or become a part of a team. And so when you're developing a product, um, it's not necessary that product's going to be used every day for a particular application um, in the fire service. So for us, we developed a camera that works um, for many applications in in, the, in a fire company, but mainly technical rescue. And when, when we talk about technical rescue, under that umbrella, there's, there is hazmat, confined space, high angle rescue, heavy vehicle excavation, structural collapse, and so forth. And so if you're developing a product, you better know the individuals within those particular silos. Um, and because those individuals will talk to each other and other teams, wherever they might be located, and that's how the word of mouth spreads, uh, or sorry, yeah, spreads. So uh, it's an interesting um, market. You better have a product that you've um, that you've brought a lot of individuals that are experts in those particular silos um, or those applications. Because if you make a product not knowing how they use it, when they use it, and so forth, um, it's just not going to work for them, and and you won't get that word of mouth like we did when we first introduced first look and did you did you seed it like did you uh, i don't know even uh, uh, trial some of the products out there initially like or, or was it just literally the first people to buy it or the first uh, the first evangelists it's interesting it's um we we knew every other product that was out in the market so and and because we had the experience prior, we knew it's uh, the pitfalls and, and so forth. So when we introduced the product in the very beginning, um, we already had the relationships. And one of the things that's uh, interesting is you have to find the influencers. Um, and then another thing that's um, really important is finding training companies, individuals who go out to departments and train departments on specific applications in, in technical rescue. And if you can get them to adopt the product um, there and have them take it to these, those departments and show the product and have them use it in training, that's how you get the ball started. Um, we do, we already had the relationships in the, in, in a lot of the departments in North America. So that, it, but getting individuals to try it and see its potential was really important to us. Um, but the training companies is where you can really get um, the movement mo uh, moving forward, if you will. It's that third-party validation as yeah. well, right? I mean, I have to think that these folks are quite risk-averse. Like, yeah. Well, if you recall, Carmen, we had uh, Mike Nager 
on the podcast from Festo Didactic. The same kind of strategy, you know, like basically they're getting into the community colleges and things like that with their technology for right. students to learn on in, in a living lab. And then when they graduate and they go and work for <laughs> contractors or, or whomever, they're like, well, where's, you know, where's this? <laughs> and so they're kind of as an influencer coming into those companies saying, you know, the latest technology is really this. This is what we use when we were learning. You know, I could see that as being a huge benefit mm -hmm. to uh, you know, kind of bring that technology into their into their job. But I, I also think, you know, it it points to the issue. And I, I imagine you see this where there's a bit of a young, old divide, not you know, I don't I don't mean to be ageist at all, but, you know, I think there's certainly, you know, folks in the in the fire service and rescue community who would have been there for a very long time and, and wouldn't necessarily be advocates for a technology like this. How, how did you approach that? Yeah, that's that's a difficult thing. You've got the the the, the older guys who have been used to doing a certain thing for a very long time and change is not something that they're willing to do. Um, and then you have a lot of the younger guys coming up into the service and, um, they're more willing to adopt new technologies. Um, I mean, it, it's like you, you know, helping your dad out with, uh, or your mom out with it, uh, with regards to anything mobile or on their computer and so forth. So, um, but getting back to the training companies, it, it was the same thing. So you know, we'll take it for example, a company called Teeks, which is a big training facility down in Texas attached to a university, Texas A&M. And so um, they do search specialist training for teams all over their, all over North America and South America. And um, the there's a hierarchy within that particular organization and to crack it was very difficult. But once we did, um, it, it really started to, again, uh, get people uh, involved with using the product. And then what happened was because the technology is so far superior than our competitors, um, they would basically leave other products behind, use our product primarily. And so after the, the sessions or after the training sessions and the guys left back to their departments, they would become the influencers. And so they go back to their departments, start talking to other um, individuals within their department about the product and then, um, and then that communication would be filtered up to someone who would either um, have money in the pot to buy a product like ours right away, or they would uh, plan on, on submitting for grant money to buy the product in a future date. Um, but there's another kind of element to trying to get these older guys to change, and it was making sure that the application that ran the camera was very intuitive. So it wasn't very difficult to understand. Um, when you have an application that has too many buttons or um, it, it, there's things that, it, that the app does, but you don't know where, where they are and so forth, um, it, can be, it can be frustrating. And so you have to have an application that kind of look like the older generation of cameras, but on an actual touch screen, um, which we did. And so one of the biggest feedback we got from guys that, that weren't willing to change, but now um, see the benefit of the product, not just from the technology perspective, but um, you know, now that it's mobile, it's, it's far different, uh, is the intuitiveness. They were able to use the product without me having to stand you know, over their shoulder and tell them what to do or have someone else, uh, you know, over their shoulder telling them what to do. So uh, there's a there's an approach where you have to 
I don't say I, I won't say dumb down the product, but you know how you know the 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 principle of Kiss, which is keep it simple, stupid. Um, that applies to uh, products that that when you you when you develop a product and you, you bring it into a market, um, you don't want to overcomplicate it. Um, and that's because our 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 customers are mixed. They're guys that are in their late fifties, early sixties, down to their early twenties, right? And so um, we have to be uh, vigilant when we were um, actually developing the product. I love that UX design is a huge sales assist. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's right up my street. <laughs> oh, it's massive! It's absolutely massive. I, I think if we overcomplicated the product, um, we wouldn't have gotten the adoption that that we have today. Um, and and yeah, we we had to really simplify the the use of the app with the camera. Um, and uh, we, I mean, if you looked at our interface, they're big blocks, you know. And, uh, you know, the buttons are big, you know, for big thumbs and, and stuff like that. You, I mean, you, it's not just the intuitiveness of the application. It's, it's people's fingers and hands and, uh, and, and eyes and so forth. You have to make things bigger than they are um, for, for the visual aspect. Plus you're in dirty environments. And, exactly. You know, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of considerations exactly. there that, mm -hmm. uh, you know, typical app designers don't have to take into account. Mm, so that's true. Correct. That is, Correct. Are your digital marketing efforts bringing in too many junk leads? Stop wasting time and distracting your sales team. Account-based marketing can help give your marketing strategy the laser focus on qualified buyers that you need to increase your pipeline velocity, close more deals, and grow your business faster. We've created a sample manufacturing ABM plan to help you get started. Download the sample manufacturing ABM plan at bit.ly slash sample ABM. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash sample abm i'm gonna go off uh go rogue on this a bit I mean, just, I just, <laughs> just something I, well I, I uh you know it's not often that we uh we talk to a more like a more startup manufacturer mm -hmm. um and uh so it's a it's a, it's a nice opportunity to kind of uh, think about this and i think you're in an interesting kind of uh, strategic point as a as an organization in that you said it before. You talked about how you know start with you know do what you know, and you know it sounds like what you know are is is the rescue that that rescue fire customer and that application. So now that we've developed the product for them, you know as an organization, uh, and you're looking at kind of how you grow this this company. Are you thinking that you grow it by developing more products or enhancing products for the people that you know or are you looking at saying oh well what we know now is actually this product and we can look at other markets that we can sell it to and that's the conundrum um that we face and we've had multiple discussions as founders regarding the direction of, of where we go and um to kind of step back i mean agility is the parent first look is the brand and first look is the division of our rescue products We'll no doubt make other products um, in the rescue market, and there's plenty of um, uh, of other products that are out there that are aged that we can replace with new technologies. We're understanding um, new technologies on the consumer side that can really help out um, the, the fire rescue market in ways that a lot of people just don't seem to to understand, if you will. Um, and so, with the creation of First Look. 
360, we were able to learn a lot of things that can we can incorporate in other products in the rescue uh, rescue market. That said, um, yeah, it's the rescue market's really small. It's a very niche community. Um, you know, we talk about word of mouth uh, in terms of marketing the product that really helps not only on just the product itself, but on the service side. It's huge. If you don't service your customer in this market, um, you're 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 doomed to fail. Um, basically, you can't. Uh, you have to service them um, like they're your your best customer in the world. It doesn't matter if it's a little fire department or a big fire department. But man, you finally illuminated the one problem with massive word of mouth marketing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it worked. It really worked. Both ways. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen I've seen companies fail because they. And I and I've and I've seen comp- sorry I should say they haven't failed yet, but they're you're seeing a decline because of the thing because you get complacent when you maybe have a, a bit of a monopoly in the market and you just kind of ride the wave. Uh, you're not talking to your customers. You're not you're you're not pressing um, you know the company to make sure that if there is a product that needs to be repaired, it has to be repaired today, not you know, a month, you know, or two months away. I mean, we've had, we've had customers that, um, that we've been able to obtain, uh, due to the fact that, um, our competition, uh, would take months to repair, uh, their product and get it back to the customer. And, you know, these guys are, these guys are basically there to, um, respond to emergencies. You do not do that because once you pull a product from their cash, they don't have that product to use in the response. So you have to, the mentality of this is that they need their product back right away. They don't need it. You know, two months, three months down the road, that's not going to work. And so what's what, the progression of these companies is that they've lost market share due to the fact that they couldn't service their customer. And it's not because they have decent product. And if they kept servicing their their customer, I don't think they would have lost market share, um, even if we had the best camera in the world, right? Because um, we can go back to change. Some guys, if they have a good relationship and they 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 basically like the camera and they don't and they've been serviced really well, they'll continue to buy or invest in that system. So, getting all the way back to to your first question about the rescue market. Sorry to, to uh, um, continue to talk here, but um, that the conundrum is because we've learned so much from developing First Look, um, do we go into other markets with a camera uh, and maybe make it smaller or, or, or go into industry? We will be going into the tactical market. I know that for sure with our product because we can and we know there's a need, but it is a discussion point of whether we go into markets we don't know, and if we go into those markets, how do we go about marketing uh, marketing the product in those markets? And and you know what I think you learn as you go, but uh, we're going to stick with you know do what you know right now uh, until we decide that we're going to go into markets that we don't know. Yeah, it's kind of interesting to think about um, how do you how do you uh, program a way of getting to the level of understanding and kind of intimate knowledge of the market that you have with rescue, how do you get to that level with another batch of customers and another category mm. in a way that doesn't require you to have to, you know, work 10 years in the industry in order to develop yeah. it, right? Yeah, where word it, of mouth may not be the uh, 
the core mechanism either of spread. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, uh, it's almost, I'm reminded of, um, there's an article out of uh, Harvard Business Review that I was reading that was talking about um, uh, different approaches to consulting firms and whatever. But I think it was somebody on the, from McKinsey that had said that they, they prefer to hire people who can get grow gray hair fast. Um, like so, it's not about getting people that have a whole bunch of experience necessarily, but can can work for a year and 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 have that year uh, kind of translate into what feels like ten years of experience. Right. So I, I like that kind of notion of how do you get how do you grow gray hair fast in terms of an understanding of a customer market, um, uh, and how do you get to the level that you have with the rescue market with something else? That's just fascinating to me. I am I mm-hmm. wish I had the answer for you, by the way, but I don't. <laughs> well, I, I I'll add to that, and I think that you have to really do your homework not on, on the application that your products are going to be used in, right? So yet not only do you have to know the product and teach the product, um, but you have to know the applications that your product's being used in. And if you don't educate yourself in those applications um, when you present the product to a customer um, and they, they can look you in the eye and say, this guy doesn't know what we do, um, you're not going to build any trust anytime soon um, let alone even sell your product into that market unless you know. So uh, maybe it is that you you do all the research first into those types of applications uh, or markets that you're going to go into well in advance of, of the actual creation of a new product and then go into that market knowing you've done your homework and you can talk to these individuals like, uh, you, you know, you were their um, co-worker for 20 years, if you will. So I have to imagine, too, there, there's opportunity there for you know, existing customers to potentially paint the way of where a product needs to go, go, you know, by showing you, Hey, we're look, this is how we're using it now. And you're like, Mm -hmm. Oh my God, I never even thought of that. You know, like that, you know, that, that could both show you opportunities in new markets and it could also kind of show you illuminate potential products. Yeah. 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 It's, it's interesting. I guess I'm curious, is there, have you had that? Because you, you have such a, an in-depth understanding of this market. I guess, have you been surprised uh, as you've been building this product and bringing it to market? Has there been anything about the this uh, niche category that uh, you discovered you didn't know that kind of surprised you? Uh, yeah, absolutely. You learn every day. Um, uh, one of the things that COVID didn't allow us to do is to, to learn more about how the products used in, um, uh, in, 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 in these particular applications, because you're not actually physically there to see these guys use the product, uh, in training. And remember mo- our products not used every day. Our product is used mostly in training. And then of course, in the event uh, of a disaster, right? So, uh, not having the physical presence, um, deters, uh, us from, from learning more about our product and what it can, potentially become now that said because it's mobile integrated and you know it's an application that runs the camera we have uh, had other companies come to us for third-party integration on the request of these rescue professionals that we sell the product to so um not to say that we didn't know those uh those those companies before but um there's definitely potential for other use cases with the camera in reference to other particular uh, applications in the, uh, in the, in the mobile realm, if you will. I have to think, I mean, the, you know, the training companies is very much kind of a B2B 
relationship. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, or, you know, it's your business selling to theirs. But you know, in a lot of the end users, the fire departments and the search and rescue organizations and all of that are largely public, publicly funded entities. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe there are. Maybe there are private fire departments. I don't know. There is. There is private fire fire departments. Yep. And but you know that that public side of it adds another layer of complexity from a procurement perspective. Is is there anything that you've learned um, about kind of selling? into that because you know we, we've spoken about the influencers and the users and the the training companies kind of seeding that but uh, anything that you've learned that's particularly useful for organizations that send that sell into public procurement processes yeah absolutely uh, a big thing is to uh you know communicate to your to your tax base um the things that you do and uh, with the products that you're investing in uh it's a massive thing you need to get you need to get the community on board with the uh, with your fire department because you know there's significant investments made by a fire department um, from from a uh, from a tax base um, and they have to they have to turn around and show those individuals um, that you know we invested in this product or this truck or whatever it might be and this is the reason why we did it. And uh, you have to communicate that now with social media, it's, it's a little easier to do. Um, but in terms of building a grant around our product, for instance, um, you have to tell the story um, and make reference to other uh, particular disasters close to home that if I don't have this product um, and we don't train our guys to use this particular product in this particular disaster that could happen, you know, we're in this just in case market, if you will. Um, you're not going to get the buy-in from your, from your, from your customers who are your tax base really at the end of the day. Um, and again, if you're submitting for a grant, you need to tell the story that it is required that you have this product because, uh, these things could happen in my community. And so, um, it, it's fire departments find themselves having to do a lot of marketing on their own and, and people don't realize that just the static, uh, you know, business, if you will, but it's not that it's not the case anymore. They really do have to market themselves. And as a supplier into that market, of course, if you can help them do that marketing, um, then you stand to benefit. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I, I don't know. I've, I've really enjoyed today's conversation. It's just a, it's a, I think it's an interesting product, fascinating little kind of category and, uh, to, to, to sell into. Um, anyway, thank you for, for sharing your experience with us today. It's been a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, thanks, Carmen. I appreciate it, Jeff. And uh, it was great reaching out to you guys and talking about this. This is the first time I've really talked about the marketing side of the of the business um, in this niche community. And uh, although we're B2B, it's far different than your everyday industrial B2B, if you will. So I really appreciate the time. No question. Uh, thanks so much for sharing your story. Excellent. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to The Cooler Ring with Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Don't miss a single manufacturing marketing insight. Subscribe now at coolapartners.com slash the cooler ring. That's K-U-L-A partners.com slash the cooler ring.